art has so much to do with our quality of life. where we believe that inquiry and art making are both essential parts of life. And so we invite you to listen as artists share fascinating and thoughtful responses to questions about their origins, their training and mentors, their art making, and what lights their inspirational fires. I'm your host, Kate Michael Gibson. I'm an artist who wears many hats, including writer, producer, performer, story maker, and now podcaster. I'm a founding member of Convergence's Theater Collective. CTC is a group of pioneering theater artists and innovative teachers dedicated to creating original work and re-envisioning classics. And in 2018, we turned 10. As part of our 10-year anniversary, we are exploring how to tell CTC's story in multiple ways through the voices of our amazing collaborating artists. This podcast is inspired by that storytelling idea as well as by a dream I had about sitting down to talk one-on-one with the many amazing and talented artists I know. I was inspired by other folks doing wonderful things with podcasts, especially storytelling shows. I found that hearing firsthand from brave and honest people sharing themselves openly and with vulnerability was not only deeply moving and educational and inspirational, it was also a source of real human connection for me. Since I've always adored art and art makers, this show combines three of my longtime loves, artists, CTC, and personal storytelling. On this episode, I am so excited to sit down with my friend and colleague, Holly Ruth Gale. Holly Ruth is a singer, a teacher, and a performer. We discuss the process of making a new piece, the inspiration that comes from older women, and why art is important. Holly Ruth, welcome. I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you all for doing this. This is, this is really fun. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Holly Ruth Gale, and um, nine months out of the year, I'm a college voice professor, and I teach other music classes. And then in the summers, I get to do summer stock theater and other performing. And um, throughout the year, I work on all kinds of different projects. Thank you. We're going to get into more detail about your background in a little bit, but first, let's talk about developing new work, because that's how I came to know you, Holly Ruth, when we began development for a piece called Femme Fatale back in 2016. Now, I know I have had so much fun working on this material with you, and I have learned so much. What has been the most exciting thing to you about developing your first piece with Convergence's Theater Collective? One of the things I've discovered on this process is I've had so many ideas that sometimes I forget my ideas. I mean, there there have just been a plethora, and it's been a wonderful chance to let my mind just go crazy. Like, okay, let's 
let's throw it out there and, and see if this thought works, if this is something we can use. So I, it was just really fun looking through some notes I had made. Um, you know, there were just things I had forgotten that were ideas I had had for this project. And, uh, you know, wh- one of them was I had written down um, – things you're dealing with new chapters in your life and uh it was talking about uh liberations of thoughts feelings ideas and body was a sentence i had written down and i thought i i didn't remember that but i like it (laughs) you know so i am trying to go through all of these things that we've brought together and you know kate you asked me what was one of my favorite things in this process, and I think um, it's been very cathartic and, and therapeutic in that I have something to throw all these ideas and these creative energies towards and then just um, have a reason to write them down because I might use them, you know. And um, and I just like the, I, I always like the process of making something anyway. In fact, sometimes I'm not sure if that's what I enjoy more than the end result. And so I've really enjoyed this whole process because I have felt like I haven't given myself permission to be stagnant. That I've got this over here, I've got to be working on. Even when I've been really busy uh, with other things in life that had to be dealt with, when those things got dealt with, then this was over here on the shelf and I could pick it back up and now let's continue to work on this. You know, it makes you feel vibrant. I love that you connected art making with feeling vibrant because as you said that, I started realizing that art making is part of what makes me feel vibrant too. So thank you. Now, Holly Ruth, before we get into more details about your work, I want to know, what is inspiring you in life right now? You know, I, I have to tell you, right now, I, I've been watching my mom at 90, and I was watching my mother look at John and, and just visit, and I could hear her laugh, and there were a number of times when she just lit up with this gorgeous, brilliant smile. And I thought, I want to be in that energy center. I want to do everything I can to be moving forward with just that inside wonderfulness that she has that just surrounds her. And I think that's something that that type of thing, Kate, is what I think is really inspiring me. It's just how can I how can I move forward and stay positive and dynamic? And so that that goal is a real, it, it, that, that kind of fires me up because I want to be able to do that. That is a fantastic answer. And I can say that both you and your mother have inspired the same thing in me, this desire to stay engaged and dynamic and positive all the way through life. So as we move through the seasons or stages of our life, why is art important? I think art highlights the quality of our lives. There are things that we have to do because it's part of being alive. And then there are things we get to do. And 
so often art is related to the get-to-do's. Now, some of us are fortunate enough that art's part of our have-to-do's too. But I can't imagine, even just a pra- from the pragmatic side, our world without the arts. I mean, I think it's those feeling things that art does for us. Sometimes it, it, it drives us to uh, all kinds of emotions, not just happy emotions, but that whole experience of something that makes us, I don't know, maybe investigate ourselves on a level we might not investigate ourselves on if we didn't have an art, artistic type arena that gave us permission to go there. I think it challenges us with thought. I think it makes us ask lots of questions. I think that is one of the many things the arts, all of them, do for us, is they make us evaluate. Evaluate us, evaluate our society, evaluate our world. There's so many things you can do with art. It's, I don't know. I can, you can just talk and talk about it. Exactly. I feel the same way, which is what got us here for this conversation. <laughs> I love that you talk about the have-to-dos versus the get-to-dos and that art is often a get-to-do thing. I think that's very true. But I also like how you say art helps us examine ourselves and ask questions. So throughout your life as an artist, Holly Ruth, are there any particular teachers or mentors that stand out in your mind? Um. You know, I I think it's probably safe to say almost every teacher or director or anybody who has been in a role of giving me information and instruction has shaped me because, very simply, they've given me information and, and, and instruction. And so every time you do something, there's opportunity for you to pull from that experience or that person and their knowledge. And uh, I think it's just been a kind of a a collection of lots of bits and pieces from uh, things I've learned from different people. Or So I I don't know. I I kind of feel like maybe I've had hundreds and hundreds of mentors. I think that is a very beautiful and generous way to look at mentors and teachers. And, you know, when I think about it like that, I could also say that I've had hundreds of mentors over my life. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more about your identity as an artist. Who is Holly Ruth Gale? Well, Holly Ruth Gale uh, is a a teacher. I'm a mom. I'm an aunt, an active aunt. Um, I'm a daughter, a sister. I'm a singer. I'm an actress. make jewelry. I like to be outside. I'm a wife. I'm, I'm partnered with a great human who, as dreamy John Gale, he always gets embarrassed when I call him that, but tough, that's what I call him. And um, he's always been very supportive of the things I want to do. And and those things have shifted over the years. I mean, um, I've done some directing, and I like that. I like to just take advantage of what's in front of me and try different things that come my way and sometimes I'm better at some things than other things but I guess I would call myself an artist 
of various mediums and a piddler of a lot of other mediums. I love piddling with many different mediums. I think that's one of the many fun aspects of being an artist. So Holly Ruth, as we mentioned earlier, you and I met through our work with Convergences Theater Collective. Tell me about how you became a CTC collaborator. Well, one of my wonderful teachers was Mr. Jeremy. And um, he and I got to know each other because um, we were working um, at, he was directing, oh my gosh, I guess it was Pippin was the first one at Arkansas Shakespeare Theater. And um, I, I don't even remember when the conversation up, but I actually had a whole different project in mind. And just at some point, I think, maybe over coffee or lunch or I don't know, may have been on break, just visiting about um, an idea I had. And then sometime later, he got hold of me and said, let's talk about that idea. And that idea has shifted over the last three years. It's not even the same creature it started out as, but um, but it was because of Jeremy and him having a conversation with me of, let's talk about this, what is it you want to do, and let's see how we can make that happen. And the next thing I knew, I was part of Convergence's Theater Collective, happily so. Well, I'm also very happy that you're here. And, you know, I think that's a perfect example of how CTC projects sometimes get born. So can you talk about what the inspiration was for developing this piece, Femme Fatale? I am dealing with a new chapter in my life. And, you know, I'm not dead. I'm alive just because I'm not raising children now. They're young adults, although people could argue that you're always raising your children. And I'm fine with that. I think my 90-year-old mother's still raising me at times. You know, it's, there, there are all these questions as, as we mature. You know, um, where am I in my career? What am I doing with that? What's, how has my role as a parent changed? How has my life philosophy changed? I mean, my gosh, thank goodness, philosophically, I am a completely different person at 55 than I was at 25. Uh, I'd like to think that that has I, I've uh, gotten some wisdom along the way, and and uh, I strive to be less judgmental. I I hope that that's what's happening. Um, the roles between me as a child with my mom or uh, a parent with my children those those shift and change as we get older. Uh, our temperament um, and and what's important to me at fifty five on a daily basis has shifted from what was 25. So all of those things, um, relationships, limitations of my body, I mean, you can go on and on, started making me think, I think we've got a show here. And comedically so, not just, oh, let me talk about my aches and pains. It's, I mean, um, the idea originally then was to do, let's do a one-woman show that was mostly uh, – theatrically driven with some songs and then that's when you and I met and you became a a dramaturge extraordinaire and just delved into so many historical women and archetypes in theater and then we worked I don't know Kate we worked for a year so you wrote you wrote that first wonderful first draft 
And again, I mean, I think we can really compare how these original pieces start out as an embryo, and as they go through their growing up process, they don't look anything alike. I mean, what, what is it when we're at week as an embryo? We look like a lima bean at one point, which is not what we look like by the time we're born, you know. So um, it, it's kind of the same thing, you know, as, as this has gone on. So as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, you know, I really am a singer, though. And so it's kind of shifted taking a lot of that material and going, how can I use this using more music? And I think we're going to end up with more of a cabaret feel with this, still addressing um, things that women and people, for that matter, men, address as we age. What What is it that makes us vital and as you age, there are wonderful things that happen, and um, some of those things are challenges, but some are really exciting. And um, I just am intrigued with older women who keep going, and they just everything about them feels young, even though they're 70 or 80. And then they have that additional thing about them that's wisdom. So you have vitality of a young person, but then it's been married to these years of experience and wisdom with it. And it, it's just beautiful. My, my mom is one of those people. There's a, a list of ladies in my life that have had those traits. And there's historically women with those traits. So I was really attracted to that. So that brought about this project of let's come up with a show or a... Uh, performance opportunity that kind of highlights women at their most vibrant and their most, I don't know, in some ways maybe the most beautiful times in their life because of the combination of vibrancy with wisdom. I I think that's kind of, that's sort of a very short version actually of that, but I think that's how this thing has morphed at this point. Now I will say this, one of the things that has stayed constant is that it isn't just written and then it's that's the that's it. It's always stayed flexible so that it can have moving parts. So I like the idea of this being a living piece that just like all of us changes. It gets it it gets new interesting wrinkles and gray hair or whatever, you know. One of the things that um uh, attracted me to doing a project that talked about vital women were some a number of vital women I knew. And um, these were all aging women. Um, anywhere, I think the youngest may have been in her 60s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And so um, I interviewed all of them and asked them questions and really did a kind of what you're doing, Kate, just let them talk once they start it down a, a trail or a thought process, just let them talk. These ladies either had directly had an impact on me or intrigued me in some way. So we did these interviews, and, so, and one of these interviews, actually I didn't know the lady, but my niece was going to grad school with a woman that she said, oh, Aunt Holly, 
this woman is so fascinating. You need to interview her. So my niece actually interviewed this lady for me, but she was the exception. So then I, uh, we videoed, and then I spent an entire summer transcribing those interviews, which that was incredible because with a fine-tooth comb, you're, if you are typing down every word someone's saying and the pauses and the ums and the ahs they're saying, you're not just getting the words, but you're getting the emotion behind the words. You're getting their speech patterns. You're getting the colloquialisms that come with them, the flavors of them. So it was a very intimate process to spend hours writing down everything these ladies said so that we could then use them as part of a script building process. And and then it was wonderful to watch them on the video, watch their mannerisms, watch their energy, what things really excited them. Um, you know, watched what things they got really snarky about. You could see, you can see these things sometimes better than you might hear them, and or just read them. So it was really a gift to get to just spend months of being very close to these ladies and their words and their thoughts. And I told my husband in that process, I said, if I don't come out of this a better person because of spending this kind of close time with these amazing, amazing women, then shame on me. Speaking of amazing and vital women, Holly Ruth, you are one of the most vibrant human beings I know. Would you say that your curiosity is part of what keeps you vital? Well, I haven't, I mean, I don't know that I've really thought about it in, until this conversation in that light. I mean, I think, I w- well, I will say this. I mean, I've been surrounded my entire life by people who love to learn. My dad and my mom, my husband, oh my gosh, these people would just stay in school forever if they could because they really enjoyed that learning. But I don't, I don't know that I thought about it like consciously. It just was modeled so beautifully for me. And, and I have seen people who are very content in what they know and um, don't necessarily feel like they need to know anymore and those times when I've seen that, it saddens me because it feels a little stagnant. And I do think I, I don't ever want to be stagnant. In fact, I think it may even frighten me, the thought of becoming stagnant and dull. Um, so it may, I guess maybe subconsciously I've just thought, oh, what's in this moment that can move us forward? And, and I do think, you know, trying to look at things uh, positively is a choice, um, but it's easy to make that choice when that's what's been modeled for you, you know, most of your life. Holly Ruth, you pointed out that it's easy to choose to be positive when that behavior has been modeled for you, and I think that's a really important point to make because that positivity and love of learning might be more challenging when it has not been modeled. But speaking of exploring and learning, I find that a lot of artists have multiple interests creatively, and you mentioned making jewelry. Are there any other forms of art or making that you enjoy or that have had an impact on you? 
I love textile arts. I like knitting. I like fabric. I like to sew. Um, my mom is a fabulous seamstress. So I remember in the fourth grade, uh, she helped me make my first garment. And that that capability of constructing something and thinking about what shape does it need to take uh, to look a certain way has has always been just a fun thing to do. So I've, I've loved the textile arts. I'm not necessarily a good visual artist, but I've lived in the middle of a, a mother who was an artist and my youngest sister was an artist. And so I've always been inspired by and around visual art and and around it in a way where you had conversations about it. You know, it wasn't just something that was on a wall. You uh, you looked at it, you paid attention to it, and you talked about what you saw or felt from looking at the art. So I think all of those things, whether directly or indirectly, have had an, an impact. And And it's interesting because I hadn't thought about this, Kate, until you said this, but I'm sure the literary arts have played a huge role, uh, especially the classics in in my world, because I was attracted to Jane Austen and uh, Charles Dickens and and, uh, Louisa May Alcott as a young person. So, Holly Ruth, we know you are an artist and teacher and singer and performer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you became an artist, where you came from? I grew up in the River Valley area in Arkansas. Um, I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, but when I was three, my parents moved to a little town in Arkansas called Dardanelle, and I went for my undergraduate school to Arkansas Tech University, which is also where now I teach, and then um, it's in Russellville, Arkansas, and then I had a few years after graduation where I was traveling and doing some performing and auditioning. And then I came back home for a little bit of um, regrouping. And that's when my husband and I uh, got together and we got married in 89. And, um, oh, my gosh, I think it was maybe 94, 95, I started grad school. 96, could have, I think it was 96, actually. I started grad school at University of Central Arkansas and got a master's in music vocal performance. And um, in 94, I had started teaching at Arkansas Tech. So it just kind of, m- my world as a teacher just sort of fell in my lap. That wasn't something that I pursued. Um, but I've always been in the River Valley. Now, I travel a whole, whole lot. But home has been the River Valley area. Well, the Arkansas River Valley is certainly a gorgeous part of the world to be in, so lucky you. Um, So speaking of your background, Holly Ruth, I know that one of your many, many talents is in a very special kind of musical sight reading called Shape Notes, so I'm so curious about this. Can you tell us about Shape Notes singing and what it is and where it comes from? I come from a, a family that are musicians. My dad was a choir director and he was a hymn writer and um, so I, and, and my cousins and uncles and aunts and my grandfather all these people on my father's side in particular have always been musicians but my father grew up um, 
in a primitive Baptist church, and and that church uses hymnals called with what they call shaped notes, and the note heads have different shapes that correspond to the syllable in the scales. For example, do looks like a triangle, and re looks like a cup with the handle knocked off, and me's a diamond, and so on and so forth. And that was uh, through singing schools, which my father attended and then later taught till he was, oh my goodness, I guess in his 70s, um, that, that type of music was part of just our general education at home. So I don't remember learning how to read music and learning sight reading, but that was the method we used. This shaped note music, historically, goes way back into um, the early years of our country. And so I'm not really sure how it started, but one way or another, I found myself academically intrigued with this and then started becoming a facilitator for a shaped note group called The Gathering, which happens in Mountain View every year. And there's lots of types of shape note music. You have a four-shape note system and a seven-shape note system, and they all have their favorite hymnals, like the Sacred Harp hymnal or the Southern Harmony or the Missouri Harmony. And, oh, there's gazillions of books that people sing out of. And it's an it's a interesting subculture and an interesting living history, actually. So that's kind of what that is, and I've found myself over the years um, having a desire to help that remain a living history. So I'm active in it in that I, I try to help singers who sing that genre sing in a healthy fashion. I've had a chance to go work with singers in Glasgow, Scotland and Chimilno, Poland. Art can take us such interesting places, can't it? It sounds like your family was a big artistic influence. I had wonderful parents. My mother, who's 90, and was an art teacher. She had a music degree. She and Daddy met right after World War II at the, their university. Both of them had music degrees. So I had this Daddy, who was um, a choir director, and then my mom, who had the music, but she was really into theater and art. And so growing up, we were so supported with doing artistic things. And my mother's always had this huge imagination and would just encourage us to totally embrace imagination. So, so that had a huge impact on me. I mean, Mother facilitated all of our playing make-believe and um, just really encouraged us to think outside of the box at all levels and creatively. So as a result, that just was an easy thing and a natural thing, I think. The ability to think creatively is such an amazing gift to be given by your parents. And it sounds like they also were really good at modeling a positive attitude. Um, the evidence is there since you are one of the most positive and uplifting people I know. And I want to ask, why is having a positive attitude so important? I mean, all of us can have negative moments because that's just part of being a human, you know. But we've all been around individuals who sadly seem to like to be in those negative moments more than the positive. And um, that can be exhausting. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know. I just I worry about folks who 
can't seem to, in the long run, find a happier place to be. And that's work. I mean, I, I don't think it's, I mean, I know it's work because it just is. But I don't know why you wouldn't choose to try to do that. So, Holly Ruth, as an artist and as a teacher, and really even as a parent, since I know one of your kids is in the arts, what are your hopes for future art makers? You know, Kate, what a brilliant question. And I think, I, I, I don't know that I always know what those hopes are, but I always have hope for our future art makers. I think they get to define what those are. So maybe my hope for them is that they always have an arena, they always have opportunity to be making art, whatever that is for them. Um, I hope we live in a country, continue to live in a country where the arts are supported and appreciated. Um, I think our young people are going to have to step up and make sure that happens um, because art has so much to do with our quality of life. So I think for my young people, my greatest hope for them is that they have an endless opportunity to go after the arts, to uh, be a part of the arts, to have art, the arts around them. That was such a beautiful answer, Holly Ruth. It choked me up a little bit here. <laughs> so before we go, I would love to know what is coming up next for you? Well, I I think in 2019 I have to do the cabaret. I have to finally get this on its legs and uh, and see what happens with it, and uh, and get that going. So that that's just a must. The the Fenzetal project has to have some something that happens. Um, I'm I'm going to get to do some um, shows this summer. Uh, I haven't signed any dotted lines, but I've had um, so I'm not going to speak specifically, but I am going to get to do some summer stock work this summer, um, which is kind of fun. One of the things I've noticed with each year is it gets easier and easier to be the oldest member of the cast, which is an exciting thing, I have to tell you. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think I think just continuing to um, perform and teach and uh create okay one last thing please complete this sentence art is art is a must holly ruth as always it has been such a pleasure talking with you thank you so much for joining us on questioning artists today thank you all for doing this well i love 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 you guys and we love you well everyone i hope that like me today's conversation brought you inspiration and insight Please explore CTC's website to find out more about our artists and projects and to sign up for our mailing list at convergencescollective.org. Questioning Artists is produced by Kate Michael Gibson and Jeremy Williams with collaborative consulting by Kalita Davis. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kate Jaworski. Visual imagery was created for the show by Natalie Loveland. And the conversation you just heard was recorded on November 25th, 2018. Until next time, friends, I send you all the best for the questions you're asking, the art you're making, and the connections you're creating to bring more light into this world. Thank you for being part of the collective conversation.